Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Wednesday, June 6, 2018. And today, we are reading from the Big Book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 68, and we will be reading the second paragraph that begins, Perhaps There Is a Better Way. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jackie M., the 12 Traditions, Alana M., and our text readers are Rita K., Pia S., Kelly T., our newcomer greeter today is Suzanne W., and the host for the second hour is Ruth H. And the share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, June 5th, 2018, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 11,499. One one four nine nine, and the share ID for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is eleven thousand five hundred. OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that, People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Jackie M. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Good morning. This is Jackie M. from Holmes, New York. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Good morning, everyone. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Jackie M. And a correction here. Um, I don't know that I said it right, but the the share ID for the 10 a.m. meeting, yesterday's meeting, June 5th, is 11,501. 11501. Thank you. And with that, I'm going to ask Elena M. if she'll read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please. Thanks, Monica. Um, my name is Alana M., a compulsive overeater from Ottawa, Canada. These are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA groups. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside it, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of video, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Thank you, Elena. Elena, Alana, I will never say it right, (laughs) and I've been practicing. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, so how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And I will be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then, press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works, on page 68. And we are reading the second paragraph, 
that begins, perhaps there is a better way, in that one paragraph only. And I will ask Rita Kay if she will read that for us, please. Good morning, Monica. This is Rita Kay in Kansas, Recovered. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role he assigns, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity. You know, uh, I already have this paragraph underlined and bracketed in red even, and the words that I have circled are infinite and finite. And uh, infinite is a word that means limitless, limitless, endless in space, extent, size, and impossible to measure. And finite, of course, means the opposite, having limits or bounds. And I look at that and, and, I, and I ask myself, what, what do I, how do I consider my higher, higher power? You know, do I have, do I place boundaries around my higher power? Do I say, well, you can, you can have this part of my life, but not that part of my life, or you can do this much, but not that much? And so that's the question that I ask myself as I read this paragraph. And I like the, I like the rest of it that talks about, you know, what our purpose is. You know, we're in the world to, to play a role or to, or to, um, to do, you know, what our higher power has assigned us or asked us, whatever your wording would, what, however your wording fits this, you know, please, please allow your wording to, to, uh, to fit what your higher power is. And the thing about it, though, regardless of, of, of what it is that we call a higher power, I really like the fact that um, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us, and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? This is a paragraph of opposites. We're talking about infinite and finite, and now we're talking about calamity and serenity. You know, that, you know, no peace or peace. And these things are going to happen in our lives every day. And so to the extent that I trust in my higher power, to the extent that I trust in my God, am I enabled to deal with those little, those little or big, you know, calamities that crop up in my life? And one thing that I am learning to do is to pause when those things happen, to pause and just and just accept, you know, whatever the power is that that I am praying for, to that I can match calamity with serenity. This paragraph is a small one, but man, it is packed with some good stuff, and um, and I think that's what I have to share. But that I pass. Thank you, Rita. Rita K. Okay, we are on page sixty-eight to second paragraph. Perhaps there's a better way. Who would like to share this morning? Nicole C. in California. Amy P. Larry Kim. K. Larry P. Tenson. Ginger C. Ginger. Barbara E. Barbara. And Barbara, Barbara, Barbara E. Did I see you're in Esther? Yes. Esther C. Okay. This is what I got. 
Nicole C, Kim G, Larry K, Tencent P, Ginger C, Barbara E, Esther C. Okay, Nicole, you're up, and then it'll be Kim. Hey, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you speak up just okay. a little bit? Yes. Is that better? That's wonderful. Okay, thank you. I'm Nicole C. I'm a compulsive eater in California. Um, this week I'm celebrating, you know, two years of, you know, abstinence and being free from compulsive eating. It's a really special week for me. Um, I definitely hit a bottom. I could not stand myself. I hated myself. I wanted to kill myself. And when I read this paragraph this morning, I am really surprised that this works for me because I didn't think this was going to work for me. When I read this paragraph before at the beginning, I can tell you that I thought that it was about being good and that God would be good to me and would reward me and that if I was bad, God would punish me. And that's the perception that I had. And today I completely understand that God really wants to help me. God has a beautiful life laid out for me. God has this master plan and has a much more beautiful design for me than I could ever come up with. And that if I can just trust God rather than trying to put trust in myself and my own little finite power, then I can feel that and I can allow that and I can be open to that. And my life is so much more beautiful than I could ever possibly imagine. And if I would have only relied on my finite self, I would have pulled myself short and I wouldn't be experiencing the serenity that I'm experiencing in all the calamity in our life right now. I mean, there is a lot going on and I'm able to be in the moment and hold God's hand and just do what's right in front of me. And before I close, I just want to say that my sponsor has actually let some of her sponsees go because she's too full. I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to stay on for the second hour, but I'm in California and um, I've got two years of abstinence and I'm looking for somebody that's available and I'll put myself out there in the second hour. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Nicole C. And I guess it was Amy G. Amy G., are you there? Yes, I am. I was trying to get in there. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered from Maryland. So glad to be on the line today. Thank you all for your service. So what have we been talking about? We've been talking about our fears in, in the prior paragraph, how I used to live my life based on my fears, my self-reliance, my will, my ego, you know. And as my first sponsor used to say to me, how'd that work for you, Amy? And it didn't. Drowning in compulsive overeating, you know, we talked about at the beginning of this chapter. We tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. And so here we are. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. We know so. You know, there's so many of us recover on the line that because we have a new way of life. And if we're willing to take action, if we're willing to put the food, if I'm willing to put the food down and I'm willing to proceed through these steps, then there is a better way. And not only is there a better way, I can have a relationship with a power greater than myself that I never dreamed of, whom I choose to call God today. And a role, I have a purpose today. Never in my wildest imaginations did I think that my compulsive overeating, my bottom, my story, 
would have be able to have an impact on someone else. But we carry a message, those of us who are recovered, of depth and weight that has the ability to help others, to help transform life, to be a vehicle. How awesome I feel to be have a purpose that I have, that I'm God's messenger in a sense through the, the instructions that are in this big book. I never thought I would have any kind of purpose, but now I do. I have a role to play. I have a role to carry the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. Never dreamed that would be possible. And it all starts through working through this process. These are the working steps, four through nine. And as we realize, as I realize what it was that I was doing prior to program and asking God to help me change and taking a hard look at who and what I was prior to program and how I could change, I started to see a purpose develop, and I started to see a, develop, a relationship develop with the God that I never dreamed possible. It is an incredible journey. If I humbly rely on him every day, which is what I do, every day I am on my knees, and I am asking God to show me what his will for me is today. I pray for another day of abstinence. I pray for a day of sanity, and I pray for a way to, to carry his will out today. I may not do it perfectly, but today I have a wonderful program. I have a better way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Larry Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Tenzin P. Hey, Monica. Good morning. Thank you for your service, uh, Larry Kay. The, um, I need to remember that I'm, I'm only in the midst of a process of action, right? I'm on step four. It's, this process of action is sequential in nature, and it's going to enable me to be brought into alignment with my creator. You ever shake a snow globe? This step is like shaking a snow globe. It looks messy, yet there's a beauty in the chaos because the scene of the snow globe is about to become changed forever. And we relax and we, you know, we, we, we float downstream. See, my, my ego with all its weapons and fears and its backward-looking resentments and its forward-looking worries and all that stuff, it begins to dissolve and we begin to come to a new level of awareness. That's what this is all about, is coming to a new level of awareness. For me, step four is a self-initiated process. We have to initiate it. It's not going to be initiated on our behalf. It's a self-initiated process of learning to be free. And it has an ultimate aim. We're aiming for something here, right? And this aim is not static. It's not fixed or unchanged. The aim is a, of this spiritual process is very much dynamic. It's, it's characterized by constant change and progress, something new, something unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. And this learning in step four is composed of, 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 a, of a movement away from a self-centered existence, perhaps to a God-centered existence. And so we're uncovering, we're discovering, we're discarding old ways of thinking and behaving. Here's the question I would pose to someone in whom the problem has been solved. Does this process move us towards less freedom, greater imprisonment, more rigidity in our lives? Are we more tethered to, does it feel like you're more tethered to your fears? Or is it greater acceptance and enjoyment of life, more trust in God, greater movement towards kind of an individuated life, feeling more comfortable in my own skin? That, that, that's what, if you talk to a recovered person, I'll bet, you, I'll bet you know what their answer is going to be. 
not perfect, but they're going to tell you it's it, it's a better life. And if they hedge their answer, hey, we don't judge anyone. Just know they may not have reached the level of recovery available. I'm, I I may not have reached the level of recovery available yet. I'm still on a journey. I hope God's never done with me. That's for sure. I'll take it. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Monica. Thanks, Larry Kay. Tenzin P, it's your turn, and then it'll be Ginger C. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Um, well, when I was thinking about this paragraph this morning, I was thinking, so we're on step four, but here we are talking very powerfully about step three again in this paragraph. And I was thinking, oh, the noose really tightens here in a couple of different senses. You know, the noose, the noose tightens because... Uh, I'm really being uh, guided and encouraged to move forward with my fourth step. Just in the last paragraph, we talked about fears, and um, I relate. And here, um, as we're being reminded about step three, the noose tightens about step three as well, um, in a certain sense, that as I grow in my recovery, even in seeing all that's in the way of connection with God, as I understand God, as I grow in my recovery, um, there's peeling the layers of the onion in terms of my relation, possible relationship with a higher power. So um, there's a lot of prayers in this paragraph, uh, it looks like to me. Um, we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. So to me, this is this is a prayer. This is my goal. I have a long way still to go, but I'm being given a mirror um, as I uh, work through my fourth step, um, particularly related to the fears right now for me. I'm being given a mirror of what is in the way, and as someone else mentioned this morning, a lot of opposites in this paragraph trust in infinite God rather than our finite selves. This is another prayer right here. And then another prayer in the next next sentence. Um, in the world to play the role that he, she, it assigns. May it be so. May I humbly rely upon God um, to enable uh, me to match calamity with serenity. Doesn't mean being a doormat means using every bit of my heart and my mind, my wisdom. And um, love you all. So grateful for these studies that we do every morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Tenzin P. Ginger C., it's your turn, and then it'll be Barbara E. Good morning, Monica. Thanks for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And, um, you know, the doctor's opinion showed me clearly my problem uh, when they talked about being maladjusted to life. You know, God, life would present me with all this new information, and I just never could go through it, and I always ate because that was my answer. It got a little too hard, and I knew what to do to get that ease and effect, that comfort, and, um, and I ate. So, you know, this calamity with serenity at the bottom of the sentence, you know, calamity is an event causing great and often sudden damage or distress. It's severe, it's heavy, and it's hard. And 
six months after I put down the food, I had calamity arrive and I got to meet it with God. And again, it's all because of this directions in this big book. And the most important thing is that I had been abstinent for six months. Thank you, God. And I started to grow with God by putting that fork down because I needed all the strength and courage with God to walk through what was presented. It was the most painful period of my life and it involved a child. And as a parent, anything that involves our child, it's difficult. So I'm just so grateful how my higher power continues to love me and how I get to continue to press into God and show my love for God. Because it's not about finite ginger. Self doesn't help self. It's about this higher power. But to meet calamity with serenity, I showed up for my son in such a tragic experience with just love and presence. And again, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do by ourselves. I never give credit. This is nothing about me. I'm an addict that self-destructs. Life happens, especially a situation with my child. I get afraid. I run away. I freeze. I can't move. And with God, I was able to keep walking. And with serenity, which is peace, I was calm in that storm. I was the eye of the hurricane. And again, this is the power of this work that we get to do because we tap in. Not only do I believe in God, I know God because I see how God continues through my life to show up in these miraculous ways. And for me not to have eaten through that experience, that's not my MO. Life gets hard and I go to the food. I don't go through, and not only do I go through today in this thing called life, I'm growing through it, and I'm growing with God. So when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. So I'm so grateful this connection is alive, and it's just a daily reprieve, so it's wash, rinse, repeat. Here we go again. And thank God it's only a daily reprieve. I think it would be too much if it were more than that. And you know, if you're not in the calamity, it's on its way. So press in and stay close because you stay safe and protected when you're with God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Esther C. Good morning, everyone. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. First of all, congratulations to Nicole C. on two years of abstinence. That's awesome. In praying, I simply ask God, to please place me in the best plan of understanding his will for me and the will be given to me, the strength to carry it out. For me, there is a direct link between my prayer and meditation. My spiritual experience did not come easily to me. It was painfully slow. It always entailed hard work, the sharpest ongoing vigilance. My part was always doing the hundred things that I had to do to see what I did to cause the trouble. I had to peel, as was said, that onion. I had to peel it down to the core till the tears flowed in my eyes. When my self-esteem was affected, I was going to show you what I could do to you to retaliate. My fears and angers propelled me into doing negative things. 
It was always a reaction and always, usually, not a good one to what anger and fear I had perceived you had given me. I know that this is a necessary step. If I could move on to six, seven, eight, nine, I had to re- I had to reject my sense of injury, and the injury would go away. That was absolutely necessary. I had to learn that God is or God isn't. My right, I'm not right. I shouldn't. Uh, to do it if it's not true. I shouldn't say it if it was not true. I should look within myself and see the fountain of good and bubble up that was I was willing to do. When I came into OA, I really had faith in nothing. <clears throat> I was paralyzed. I was crippled by fear and anxiety about literally everything. Today, my faith surrounds me and makes me able to handle life and the world like the person I was meant to be. I don't know why I was without faith, but today I realize it is a spiritual coping tool. Without faith, there was only one, there was only me, and I thought I had to control everything. My face of fear, my base, my fears of, of Everything, hopeless, depression, anger, was so great that I reacted to everyone with negativity. Now, today, I believe, I really believe in infinite God. Thank you so much. Perfect place for me to end. Have a blessed day, everyone. Amen. Thank you, Barbara E. And Esther C., it's your turn. Thanks, Monica. Good morning. My name is Esther C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Canada. So this little paragraph is teaching me the formula for mastering my fears, whether they're the very basic ones, you know, hoping that I'll have friends or be respected, all the way over the spectrum to financial stability, illness, or the fear of, you know, serious things like deaths and other tragedies. So what, how is the... uh, what is the answer that the big book is giving me in this paragraph to master my fears? From the way I understood it was that it's all an acceptance. I need to believe that I'm in the world to play the role that higher power assigned, not the one that I had planned for myself, but the one that higher power assigns for me. Maybe my role is to be, you know, someone surrounded by lots of warm family, and maybe my role is to be a bereaved relative. Perhaps my role to have enough for myself and to be able to give to others and perhaps my role is to have to scramble every month you know to you know to sustain myself could be that my role in life is to have a healthy working body or maybe my role is that I will have an unwell body and it's going to require a lot of management and oversight you know it's not it's easy for me to know when I'm trying to play a role that has not been assigned to me by higher power because then I'm full of fear, relying on myself, and I'm fighting. I'm fighting God, I'm fighting myself, and I'm fighting others. Much much harder for me is to know what higher power has assigned for me, what he has envisioned for me for my life. But this I learned that I'm able to intuit naturally as I grow spiritually and come closer to higher power. I, don't, I couldn't tell you today what life will look like in 10 years, but I know that 
you know, the small daily spiritual deposits, you know, including inventorying my fears, um, those, those little daily deposits prepare me for the serious life challenges ahead. And in this paragraph, the big book tells us, it promises us that higher power will enable me to match calamity. That means all those things that I fear, that I'll be able to match those calamities with serenity so that despite what happens, whatever's going on around me, all those things that I was hoping wouldn't come true have come true, that I could still be serene and peaceful and live a happy, productive life, of course, without my face in the food. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther C. And please, gentle reminder to everyone, please make sure that you are muted. We're getting some background noises here this morning. All right, we are on page 68, the second paragraph that begins, perhaps there is a better way. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Vasa. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I got Vasa and I got Russ. Try again. Nancy R. Sarah E.S. Raquel from Israel. Leia M. Leia. All right. Well, this is what I've got. Vasa O, Russ M, Nancy P, Nessa R, Leia M. We'll go with that for now. Vasa, you're up, followed by Russ. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxville, Massachusetts. Thank you, Monica T., for your service. And I'm grateful to be here. This is a really good paragraph. And uh, what I was doing, it was not working. I had to, I remember reading the set aside prayer. Uh, I had to put everything aside, everything I knew about myself, about God, about, my, about other people about my fears, about my worries, about my anxieties, and I, turned, I, I had to learn how to turn to trust and rely on God with everything, with my food addiction, with my life and my will, and that was not easy. It was very hard to trust God with my life and my will. But with the food, as I've shared many times, I was ready to surrender 150%. If I, didn't, if I was not... In, in dealing with the food, I don't think I would have been able to surrender to God or with my life and my will. And I'm just so grateful that I was led into over ears anonymous and I had the gift of desperation. And this is steps, uh, step four, yeah, going through the fears, you know. And I would ask God, please help me uh, with the fears. Go, as I said the other day, I listed all the fears. And my name should have been Fear Warrior. Not Vasa. I was so preoccupied with fears and worries. And that's where, you know, the step four helped me to trust and rely that God is going to, he removed the compulsion, you know, at the beginning, you know, when I came, when I put the food down and the mental obsession and I needed to go to the rest of the steps being clear-minded and um, just so grateful I sat and I listened. And God is in control of my life. And that had to become gradual process to trust and to rely. I had a lot, a lot of trust issues uh, in my life, you know. People had hurt me. And, and then I looked, have I hurt, you know, others? And I remember saying, well, I haven't hurt as much as other people have hurt me. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
So uh, it was something new, something different. It was a promise. This was going to be a better way. This was going to be. Um, this was going to work better for me, and I was ready and willing to adapt to this, to let go of the old behaviors, and it's with God's help. And my thinking, my attitude, has been has been changed over the years gradually. And I'm, there's no any other better way. I'm so grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Russ M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Nancy P. Good morning, Monica. Thanks for your service. Good morning, fellows. Uh, Russ M., recover compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Um, so I have to learn to trust God, an infinite God, rather than a finite Russ. It's a story of my life. This is why I'm here. This is, you know, my best thinking and my best control and my best ideas created this train wreck. And, you know, I always go back to working the program and it helps me. But, you know, yesterday I was having a rough day, right? I was having a rough day. There's a couple things going on in my life, which I know everybody else is struggling with, that kind of snuck up on me and put me right in fear. Put me right in fear. And see, the beauty of the program is that I can get on the horn, I can call someone. And my friend, my fellow in this program, said, Russ, dude, God is bigger than this. He's taking care of you before he's going to take care of you now. And to be able to have that assurance, just to get refocused, that I have people around me that can help me be the best man I can be in God's eyes, in the role that God wants me to play. Not what I want to play, not what the world's telling me, but what God wants me to play. That actually helps me trust God because you guys are showing me God in the way you're living. Um, you know, I want to control everything. I want what I want. And, you know, I got to thank God that God doesn't give me what I want because it could be utter disaster. And I just got to continue to work this spiritual program. You know, when you get distracted, fear is going to creep in. And, um, I'm just grateful. I'm just so grateful that we have this program that I can live, you know, with serenity and calamity, that I can think straight, that my mistakes will be limited by having a clear head and having God's guidance and the, the sunlight of the spirit blowing in my heart when I'm making decisions and, and trying to live my life so, to, to, to my utmost potential in God's eyes. So. I'm just grateful for you people on this line, for this family here and this program. Just grateful. And uh, you do. You help me trust God. You teach me that it's going to be okay. Just got to pump the brakes, get out of your head, and trust God. Love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ M. Nancy P., it's your turn, and then it'll be Nessa R. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Can I be heard? Yes. So um, perhaps there is a better way we think so. Um, For we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. So I think of it as, you know, I was floundering around, swimming in this big ocean and couldn't move anywhere. And then, you know, and I didn't know that there was a God. I I didn't believe that there, I didn't, I, I wasn't convinced. And so now I'm convinced, but now what? Now what do I do with that? 
So I'm still in this ocean swimming around, not doing anything, nearly drowning, not being productive in any way. And I get into this boat and I start to row and God is steering. And so I'm like, this is great. I'm rowing and God's steering. And the, the promises begin to begin to come through in this, in this boat. They can begin to come true. And um, when it says just to the extent that we do as we think he is, he assigns, just as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he meet, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? I um, am like somebody else that shared, I had a family issue that I was, that brought me into this, into this program by the grace of God. And see, here I am rowing on my boat and, but I'm like still a compulsive overreader. I can't rise above the level of human as other people have said. So I said to God, can I steer? And God says, absolutely, but I don't row. So I'm kind of stuck, you know, if I want to steer, I get nothing. I'm still splashing around rowing in circles, but if I just keep rowing, keep my head down and keep my back to the wheel, then I get, I get guided through these catastrophes that happen painlessly, not painlessly, but not, and not effortlessly, but I'm safe and protected, just like what they say. So um, I can't recommend it highly enough, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Nessa R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Leah M. Hi. Good morning. Uh, this is Nessa R. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great. Uh, good morning, vision for you. Uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I fall into fear. Um, when I'm trying to control things that by definition are out of my control, things like other people, um, outcomes, the future, the past, um, you know, those, those things are the domain of the infinite God. And so what are, what are the things that, that, that I can control? You know, only me, only my thoughts, my speech, and my actions. Um, and that's only in the present, in the here and now, today, not tomorrow, not yesterday. Uh, those are the things that I can control. And, you know, this program um, teaches me an alternate way of thinking, of speaking, and um, acting that is God-centered. Um, you know, my, my, my customary way of thinking, speaking, and acting is so me-centered. Um, you know, my thoughts keep me wallowing in self-pity, in the victim role, feeling um, hard done by, by, by everything and everyone. Um, my speech and my actions um, leave so much debris. I mean, I'm, I'm in constant collision with everything and everyone, leaving debris um, everywhere I go. But, but this way, the God way, um, doesn't. And quite the contrary, instead of destroying, it builds. It builds me up, and it builds my relationships up. Not only uh, my relationship with God, but my relationships with other people. Um, you know, so, so when I'm into fear, I know. I mean, that's a telltale sign that I'm too much into myself, and so I need to, I need to refocus. And, and this, this reading tells me how to refocus, you know. I need to ask God to remove my fears and direct my attention to what he would have me be, you know. And once I do that, uh, you know, the, the fears do fall for me because I think, oh, yeah, I can do that. What would God have me be? God, first and foremost, in every single situation, the first thing is God would have me be trusting and reliant upon him. He would have me be 
cognizant that this is not my domain to control, that, you know, as much as I think that I can or I should, um, I never, it's an illusion. I never really had control. So I need to be cognizant that control has always been in God's hands. And that just relieves me of the pressure to think that I have to fix it, that I have to do something about it. Um, and it's such a freeing feeling, you know, it, it's the feeling of, of totally trusting and relying upon God, which uh, works a lot better than trusting and relying upon method, because what I have been doing up until my recovery only made a bigger, be- a bigger mess, and I kept digging myself deeper and deeper Time. and deeper, in, thank you, into a hole that I couldn't get out of. So when I trust and rely upon God, not only he takes me out of the hole, but he gives me something so much better than I could have ever um, dreamed for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nasa R. Leah M., it's your turn. Thank you very much. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. You know, my book taught me that uh, to get over compulsive overeating was going to require a transformation of thought and attitude, that my consciousness um, that created the problem of compulsive overeating and self-centeredness could not be the same mind and consciousness uh, that was going to, you know, have me uh, overcome it. So, you know, the big book also says that we are arranging things into proper perspective, that I'm going to be able, as a result of these 12 steps, to have a personality change, to overcome compulsive overeating, and to overcome me. You know, <laughs> once the food was down, the battle was me, you know, uh, my thoughts, my attitudes, my emotions, my demands, my specifications, my wishes, what I thought was right. Um, And of course, you know, when I was in situations that felt out of control, the first response can be fear. That's what we feel when we aren't in control. But if You know, the submission began through the process of the 12 steps, began to submit myself to the process, to these action steps that I didn't always completely understand, but with the guidance of someone in whom the problem had been solved, to press into these steps and begin to be dominated and governed by something higher than myself, a spirit-guided mind that I couldn't even specifically identify. It wasn't completely 100% certitude. I just knew I couldn't stand the way I was living before. So slowly through this process, I began to be turned. And my heart, which used to yearn for the contents of a bag and a box, I began to yearn for something that could bring me true comfort and ease, a safe harbor, so to speak. You know, when you're driving down the highway, you drive differently, let's say, if you're next to a police car. I don't know if that's your experience, but it's mine. You know, I'm governed by an authority today, a loving, all-powerful, all-knowledgeable, unlimited authority today. And because my thoughts to the best of my ability, are focused on that higher authority, a spirit-guided mind. My feelings emanate from that elevated thinking, and therefore I have a chance that my actions also elevate from not perfectly, not perfectly, but if my thoughts are on God, I have a chance (laughs) uh, here, you know, to not create. And instead of that, actually bring love, bring harmony, bring tolerance, try to bring understanding to the people around me. 
That's a new way of living for someone like me. That's the invitation that recovery brought to me. Because if fear disappears, just wrapping up, there's something else that can replace it. It's called faith and courage. And that's possible with God in my life. And with that, I pass. Thanks. We don't hear you, Monica. Monica, are you there? She must have got bumped out. Okay. Um, Who else would like to share? We're on page 68, the second paragraph. This is Rachel. Rachel? Rachel? Yeah, yeah. Raquel and Nancy H. Raz R. And Raz R. Lori K. Let's start with Raquel E., please. Thank you. If everybody else could mute. Thank you. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, my family. It is so incredible to be with you at this time in my life where this calamity can really, really, for the first time, I know, I believe that it, it will be, it will bring me growth if I rely on my higher power. Incredible message. And he's been there for me all along. And it, it's, it's incredible things happen to me in life. So much that, that one of my children who has to make a big decision is asking me, how did you, how did you do that? How did you move back to Israel? How did you this? How did, and you know, I have. I used to have this recurring dream that I'm in the back seat and the car is going and my feet can't reach the pedals, but there is somebody there. And if after all this, in reality, how my life went, uh, and I still, I, 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 my God, I'm a Bible teacher. I have faith, but the trust that who is sitting there at the wheel is not a rejecting parent who is going to say, I gave you enough noodles to do it, now leave me alone, go do. He's not. He's a loving father, and I'm going to survive this hard time of mourning after my big brother. None of the people around knew him the way I knew him, and it's hard. But I have to accept that even though the end, I believe, didn't have to be that awful, it was. And if God wanted it different, it would have been different. So just one foot in front of the other. And thank you for being there. I cannot say enough appreciation for all my spiritual brothers and sisters out there. I love you. Thank you. And everybody continue wonderful recovery and growth through this God-given program. And I pass. Thank you, Raquel E. Nancy H. Hey. It's your turn. Hi. Hi, Nancy H., it's your turn. Okay, good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Um, I love this paragraph because I had some experience with this when I was doing the steps with my sponsor. And uh, she asked me to do the step two proposition, that's what she called it, and that I needed to write down everything that I was not willing to give over to God. And then, you know, the reason and who was I trusting. So I wrote down 
quite a few things, maybe 10 things. And then it said, and she said, um, when I, she asked me if God was everything in my life or God was nothing, I said, well, he's absolutely everything. But then after I did that little exercise, I realized that maybe he, I think he's everything, but I'm not using him properly. And I'm acting as if he's nothing because I think I know better. So that was a definite awakening to me, and I've never forgotten it. It's been two years now, and I have not forgotten it. And so um, it says we can match calam- uh, calamity with serenity by ha- relying on him. And my whole life, I thought that my calamity was just due to overeating. And then I realized when I stopped overeating that my calamity, my whole life was a calamity. And it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't uh, because of the food, because my food was down, and I thought, you know, everything's going to be fine, and it wasn't. So I come, I, when I come to do my 10 steps today, and I always ask myself if I have a fear, you know, why do I have that fear? And the answer is always, always, because I was relying on my finite self instead of relying on God. So I was trying to play God, and it didn't work. So now I really do bring myself back to that every time I start to have a fear, I think, nope, nope, rely on your infinite God, not on your finite self. And if you think you can do a better job, you're slapping God in the face. So that's what I've um, decided with this paragraph, that I am in the role, I'm in the world to assign that role that he gives me. And if, if I decide I have a plan in the morning that sounded like a good idea, I'm open to God's um, input that something's more important, I can change gears right away. And so it's much more peaceful life for me now that I can rely on God and not, I always believed in God, but I couldn't rely on him all the time. And now I'm totally into relying on God because it makes my life so much easier. I have a life second to none now, and um, I'm very grateful. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy H. And Roz, you got a minute and a half. Go ahead. Um, is this, did you ask for Roz? I did. You got a minute okay. and a half. I- Okay, thank you. This is Roz R. from Florida. Um, I'm sitting in my car, so I can't refer to the book, but uh, this just really is so powerful because um, relying relying on God has has been um, very different for me since I went through the steps in uh, with a vision sponsor and became recovered. Because I used to rely on God, you know, um, and if things worked out, I trusted God. And if they didn't work out, well, then, you know, my finite self got in there. And today, you know, I am uncomfortable, uncomfortable many times with things going on around me. And sometimes, a lot of times, fear pops up. Thank God I have people that I can call and talk to. And they remind me, Roz, get out of the driver's seat. You know, things don't happen the way you think they should. See, I always thought... Things were going to happen. I would pray. God would answer them the way I wanted and in my time frame. And what I find is there are sometimes lots of, lots of days that go by um, where I have a discomfort and I walk through it. You know, I do what I'm told to do. You know, I make calls. I listen to the meetings. I sponsor people. I take care of myself. And, you know, things work out. And rarely do they work out the way that I have anticipated they would work out. And they work out better. And sometimes they don't feel better at the moment. But when I look back, you know, they were always in my best interest. So I have a new, um, a new wonderful belief in, in God and in the process. And I keep learning from all of you guys. Um, the shares have been so awesome today. So I don't know. I don't have a timer on. So I'm just going to say thank you for letting me share. and Thank you all for being here and for your service. I pass. Thank you, Roz. R. 
And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And today's share ID for today, Wednesday, June 6, 7 a.m. meeting is 11,508-11508. And I will now ask Pia S. if she'll read from 164 for us, please. Hi, well, thank you, Monica. This is P.S., the recovered compulsive overeater uh, from Parkland, Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you. And 